uh, fun guest today. Um, no Prep Kings photographer, Courtney Polshock, uh, will be joining us to talk about her experiences in photography and dealing with that side. I've got a ton of questions for her because, well, you guys know I don't really uh, do much of the no prep stuff unless it's big news and then I just do an article on it. But uh, she's going to tell us all about what it's like working with uh, Pilgrim and the racers and that uh, that side of drag racing. So let me bring her on and I will let her introduce herself. Well, look at who it is. Hello. I love that you lied to everybody and called me a fun guest. <laughs> So we have been talking about doing this podcast, though, I think since last year, since I started doing any type of podcast, you were like, when am I going to be on? And your schedule and mine conflict a lot. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, if it's not one thing, it's another. You're busy. I'm busy or whatever it may be. So we finally decided, OK, you've got like three whole days off. Whereas, <laughs> whereas my lazy ass is taking like a month off. Uh, so you get three days off and I'm like, well, I'm just going to invade your time during your days off and we'll get, we'll knock this out. It'll be fine. So for those that don't know, why don't you kind of tell, and obviously a lot of people know who you are at this point, but why don't you kind of just tell everybody who you are to start with? Uh, hi, guys. For those that don't know, I am Courtney Paulshock. I am a drag racing photographer, uh, own C. Paulshock Photography, just started my own LLC uh, with my best friend, Danny, uh, CO2 Solutions Marketing. Uh, but I also am, as Damon said, the Pilgrim Media Group photographer. So I do No Prep Kings. I do our street stuff. Uh, so I'm doing the production side of still photography as well now. So. So there's going to be some people on here who may or may not know who you are. How did you get your start? And I'm asking questions that I probably already know the answers to, but a lot of our viewers or listeners aren't going to know the answers to this. How did you get your start in photography and then end up where you are now? Uh, so... I've done a couple uh, interviews about it, uh, did one with Drag Illustrated, but I did not grow up in racing. I did not grow up going to the racetrack. My dad will tell you that he took me to Chevy Nationals that he goes to every year as a very young child, and I hated it because it was too loud. And now I can't hear him when he tells the story. So, uh, you know, he took me to that every year. I did not, like never owned a race car, never was in a junior. I'm an only child. My siblings didn't do it. Um, so when I became an adult, uh, I actually dated a guy from Southern Indiana that took me to my very first drag race at officially that I remember at Wagler Motorsports Park um, in Lyons, Indiana, in the middle of a turkey farm. Uh, but it is a phenomenal facility. Jeremy Wagler has done a great job down there. Um, but we went and it was a just a bracket race and it was so much fun. And Craig Sullivan happened to be there testing barn burner. And I was like, that car is freaking awesome. I loved that car so much. And so we went to that, uh, we went to Chevy nationals again that year. Uh, and then that same year, um, I bought tickets to, uh would have been no mercy donald's race and i bought tickets to no prep kings at galat motorsports park they were the same month i think they were back-to-back -back weekends to be honest with you maybe maybe a couple weeks apart but i went to both of those races as a spectator um and absolutely fell in love and was like i have to be involved i want to know more about this sport this is awesome um, and even though I wasn't raised in drag racing, my dad has always been a gearhead. My dad raised me to, if something breaks on your car, we're fixing it in the driveway if we can. Like you're changing your own oil, you're learning how to do all this stuff. Deal, fine, it was great. Uh, so when I went to both of those races that month, fell in love with it, it was awesome. Uh, shortly after that, in fact, 
I had already moved prior and had come back home to Indiana to go to all of those races. Um, I moved back down to Florida permanently and just found my local racetrack, Googled my local racetrack, and it happened to be Emerald Coast Dragway uh, that Ryan Milliken previously leased. Um, I've seen rumblings that someone has purchased it, but I don't know if that's confirmed. Um, I think they're still working on it. Yeah, It'll be fine. Um, so I went to Emerald Coast Dragway and, as a spectator and would just go and sit in the bleachers. And I didn't know anybody in Florida. I, I had no idea, but I knew who Ryan was because I loved the diesel Nova. Uh, when I went to Donald's race, I loved that car. I still love that car. I'm still waiting on that car to come back out. Um, so I went to a few races there and just watched. I actually reached out to Ryan, uh, later. I emailed the shop and was like, if you guys need help at the track, like I'm willing to help. I don't know anybody here, um, but but I'd be willing. So I worked the gate for a few races. Um, I would help them with that. Uh, but one of the races, gosh, I don't even, it would, would have been whatever race we had that it's a pretty convenient spot. Emerald Coast Dragway is um, in route to South Georgia Motorsports Park. So it was a good testing spot before Donald's race. Uh, so we would get some people that came out there uh, to test. And I went, happened to go to that that event that we had. Uh, and you were there with Ellen. And you guys were shooting it because you guys were on your way to Donald's. Mm -hmm. um, so you and I officially met at Donald's race. Um, I got introduced to a lot of people there. I went, I mean, um, obviously that February. Um, and when was, when was NMCA? Was that May? That was May. A, no, St. Louis was in May. So May. yeah. So yes, May of 19. So I went with you to that, uh, NMCA, NMR, that was a dual race. NMCA, NMR, it wasn't it? Yeah, that was both of them. But you handed me a camera. And you said, here, go take pictures. And I was like, what? No, mm -mm. no, we're not doing that. And you were like, yeah, just go. And I had no media credentials. So obviously I couldn't go on the wall. Uh, and I did not want to anyway. It terrified me at the time. Um, I was like, no, I'm so embarrassed to just walk like people to know. Mm -mm. No. And we did it anyway. And uh, the pictures turned out great for my first time. I agree. Um, and I shot a couple more races, I think, with your gear or, and then I bought my own camera. Mm -hmm. um, just ordered a camera from Best Buy, uh, went and got it, shot some car shows. Um, and I just started taking pictures whenever I could at Emerald Coast Dragway, at, at, at really anywhere. Were you, so, did you already have your camera when we did? Um... Was it Scraping the Coast or? It came in. So we went to do Scraping the Coast, which is in Mississippi. For those that don't know, it's an awesome car show. Uh, they're still going to do it, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Scraping the Coast is an awesome car show right on the coast. Uh, if you ever have the chance to go, you should go because there's some really cool stuff there. Um, but we went to Scraping the Coast, which is a very short drive from where I lived in Florida. Um, I was in between Pensacola and Destin, so right in the panhandle, right there by Emerald Coast Trackway. Um, so we drove over, and I knew it was going to be delivered, and it did not get delivered before the show started, but it got delivered, like, the next day, I think. And we drove all the way back <laughs> to get it so I could have my own camera, and then we came back. <laughs> so then, so what she doesn't tell you is her camera comes in. But I've still got to help her set the whole damn thing up. I had no because, idea. No, yeah, because you were used no to idea. shooting with, you were used to shooting with my gear. Yeah. And most this of that was. The same. Yeah. Now, now to your credit, though, what you didn't tell people about that story at St. Louis, I handed you a camera, Let's and I told honest, you. I've slept a lot since then. There are details I don't remember. Yeah. I told you to figure it out. She had no idea. Like, still, yeah. The only thing you told me was that 
You did not. I don't think you let me shoot an auto ISO. Maybe you did. But no. Uh -uh. You showed me. You, you were like, if it's too bright, do this. If it's too dark, do this. And that was it. That yeah. was all you said. I was like, all right, here's a picture of a Corgi. Can you go edit it? Thanks. Because I had no idea how to edit. I didn't no. know. I didn't know anything. It was really just a, here's a camera, push this button sort of a scenario. Um, but like I said, I was not. I was not on the wall. So at that point in time, I did not get action shots. So it really just was pit stuff, people stuff, dogs. <laughs> lots, lots and lots of dogs. All what, the dogs on the property. What Yo, was gosh. the first race that you were on the wall for? Yellow bullet. Was it yellow? And you almost died. almost died. Yeah. <laughs> tell people, I, I want you to tell people about that though. Because what okay. people, what it was people a really it was a very good first race on the wall. Well, and what people don't realize is they see us standing out there and they see a car coming towards the wall, but they don't know what's going through our mind or how that interaction goes. And for some people, it doesn't, the almost as we call them, uh, for a lot of people don't happen until much later in their career. And oh, yeah. you had one like right out of the gate. Right out of the bat. So Yellow Bullet itself was. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The race itself was fine. It was great. It was everything else was a complete shit show for me. Um, because again, it was my very first race on the wall. Yellow Bullet is not a small race. It is a huge race that Monty has been doing for years now. And it's every class and it's all kinds of people. And I didn't really i still didn't really know anybody in the industry i hadn't really made a bunch of friends yet um there are a lot of photographers on you know in our side of a lot of media members that don't leave the east coast a lot they don't get out towards us so there are some photographers that i only see at that race or that i only see if i'm up you know up north or you know certain places over on the east coast um, so there are, there were people there that I had never met. There were, it was very nerve wracking for me. We got there and I had to take a minute and sit up against the wall of the tower and just have a little cry. Just have a little, uh, I'm a cry baby. I cry about everything. I cry when I'm mad. I cry when I'm frustrated. You know, sometimes I just get, uh, you know, whatever. It's it was, it, and that was funny because I think it happened the first day that we pulled into Oh, yeah. Yellow bullet. So if you've and never, and that's it, all it ever will happen. It doesn't happen the second or third. No, day. We're good by then. We're good but, by the end of the night. It's just yeah. But what had happened was when you pull into Yellow Bullet and you you pull into the pit side and they've got a guy directing traffic, and I'm about to park where he doesn't want me to park, oh, but I've God. been there for I've been there for years. And him and I are screaming back and forth at each other, essentially, like, no, I'm going to park where the fuck I want. Yeah, and, I don't and, and Courtney is looking at me like, w literally, like, what the fuck is going on? Because you've never been to... I didn't know. I didn't know that that's so, just how you are. So it, that, it, that just added to the anxiety of the entire situation. Yeah, thanks for being considerate. I appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. <laughs> But uh, so so after that, after I calmed down, um, yellow bullet was difficult for me shooting wise, um, just because I still didn't really know what I was doing. Um, I still really don't know what I'm doing. Uh, but back Bullshit. then, I really, I really didn't know back then. So. Um, Jason Reese, you had me stand on the wall with Jason Reese, which was one, one of the most wonderful things you could have done. Um, he's a phenomenal teacher. Uh, and he kind of helped me um, figure some stuff out while I was on the wall. Uh, but yeah, I almost died. Um, what happened was, I don't even remember what night it was. I was standing on the wall of the right lane and shooting the right lane and it's nighttime, it's pitch blackout. Uh, that track is very dark in mm -hmm. general, but it was dark out. Um, the cars take off. Again, I'm shooting the right lane, so I'm focused on the right lane. And at this point in time, 
again, my very first race on the wall, I hadn't really learned how to track both cars yet. Even though I'm shooting one lane, you still have to be aware of what the other lane is doing at all times, even if the cars are past you. Um, and I hadn't really learned how to do that yet because the scenario just hadn't come up. Uh, no one had mentioned it to me. That's not, you know, that's not really, it just hadn't been brought up. So the cars leave. I'm going to butcher his name. Deech? Deech? Matt? Oh, yeah, I don't, I, I slaughter his name. It. Yeah, I'm going to butcher it. Uh, his wheel broke. Uh, his wheel broke. And he was in the left lane. And it was a, this was a pro mod car. Pro mod car. Um, wheel broke, sent him, I mean, hard right, hard, hard, hard right. And he hit the wall right where I was standing. But it just so happened, I'll have to send you that picture so you can stick that in here in the, uh, in the <laughs> interview so people can see it because I still have it. I still have the video too. That one's even creepier. Um, but it just so happened when I was shooting. So I'm shooting the right lane. And as I'm turning to follow the car, because that was something that was told to me was you have to turn with the car. So as I'm turning to follow the car, that's when he hit the wall. So it just, it was the perfect mix of chaos. Uh, and it pushed the wall. They've got the cinder block walls at at Cecil, uh, pushed the wall about six inches out. Um, and I just look up and you're standing across from me, staring at me like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Sorry, is there profanity in your mouth? Hey, Courtney, uh, you know me better than anybody. You're allowed to say whatever the fuck you want. Doesn't matter. So I thought you and I was like, Wes was standing with you. Uh, and you guys were like, uh, and I'm like, what i mean and the car flipped it was on its roof it slid like i thought everyone was just like holy shit like the car wrecked i was like oh shit that dude wrecked no like courtney what the fuck and the lot they live feed that race this mm -hmm. was this just live feed the comments were real great i didn't read them uh but probably everyone, a good idea yeah everyone told me the comments were real great um and then Wes came over and she's like, are you okay? And I was a little shaky for a minute when I, when I finally realized what happened. Um, and then it was, you know, everyone's like, you know, you might as well, it might as well happen to you now so that, you know, moving forward and you don't, you know, go through this industry thinking that nothing's ever going to happen to you. Um, so it was, you know, uh, blessing, I guess, that uh, that all of that happened at that race. Um, driver was okay. Everybody was okay. Um, so it's, you know, it happened. But yeah, it, it was wild. It was very wild. <laughs> Two things I remember about that is, first of all, that's the most scared I've ever been for yeah. another photographer at the track. Okay. And secondly, I remember we got back to the car that night and you said, you asked me if I was going to lecture you about it. And I said, oh, yeah. no, there's, it, it, there's, it happens to everybody. Like yeah. you, you can't go an entire drag racing season without seeing something on social media about a car hitting the wall, right? Where Damon is standing and Damon doesn't move. It, they, it, aim, they aim for you though. It, yeah. I, I think, I think you're right. But I, I was like, I'm not going to lecture you about it. There's no point. I mean, it happens to all of us. And I told you, I was glad that it happened as early in your career as it did because it really wakes you up to how quickly things can happen and what you have to be doing at all yeah. times when you're out there and these cars are driving past you and there's nothing i tell people the drivers are a lot more safe than the photographers the photographers have no protection except for that wall in between them yeah so now you did you continued to do some more heads up stuff after yellow bullet no mercy um and then i think u.s street nats and snowbirds um we've both worked on stuff like that my question is how did you then transition from because it, it it's a completely different world going from radial racing or pro mod racing over into the no prep world 
So yeah. kind of, I know that you were a fan of no prep, but how did you get involved with that side of things and end up where you are now then? So they are very different. And I truly did start in heads up racing, radio racing. I mean, whatever we want to call it. Um, before I started in no prep, as far as the frequency of it. Um, but even then, I got so much shit from the the radio heads up, got the prepped racers yeah. about no prep that I had that, you know, I had that from the get go. So and it's fine. They're very different. I love them both. I have not abandoned my radial people. Uh, but obviously this this life, this crazy train that Street Outlaws is, is uh consuming and demanding and i love it and it's wonderful um but it makes it very difficult for me to get to other races throughout the year um so but anyways to answer your question um i went to um so galat was my very first no prep kings race that was purely as a spectator um i met chuck at that race i met doc at that race um and that was really it like i was terrified terrified to even go speak to to ryan or to anybody else terrified uh so i was like yeah no we're not doing that no i i've got to ask you you said galat was your first yeah did you go to it because um i'm getting old just so everybody knows i'm fucking old so i sometimes i forget shit um did you go to outlaw armageddon before the first time you ever went to galat or was that after that was okay so Galat was 2018. Yes. Um, just like No Mercy was 2018. I shot Armageddon in 2019 um, in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. um, that was with your gear. I didn't have my... Yeah. I think. I don't mm -hmm. think I had my kit. No, you had yours by then because it was like in August or something like that. Yeah. It was, it was late summer. Right. So you had already gotten it after... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Cause I edited those photos myself too. Yeah, you're right. Um, so anyways, I went to Galat as a spectator, uh, the following season I went to, what was the order? West Palm. I don't know if West Palm was before or after Norwalk. I really want to say I went to Norwalk first. Um, regardless Norwalk was the very first race that I took my camera to. Um, I bought spectator tickets, like I did buy tickets to that race. Um, and I showed up and at this point I had made friends in the industry. So Adrian Berryhill uh, was the photographer for Pilgrim before I came on board last year. Adrian is one of my favorite human beings on this planet. Uh, and he, could not continue no prep Kings last season. Um, he had some of his own stuff going on. Uh, the schedule didn't really work out. Uh, and I took it over. Um, so we've talked, you know, multiple times since then it's been wonderful. Uh, he's, he's glad that it's me. Uh, so he says, uh, but at that race, Adrian was there working. Um, and, Javi gave me a crew band, uh, Ryan Martin's crew chief. For those that don't know, he's like, go take pictures, like go, go up there on the starting line. I was like, I do not belong on the starting line of this television program. Absolutely not. And uh, he's like, are you, are you nuts? Like, just go take pictures. You brought your cameras and it's in the car. Yeah. I'm not, mm -mm, nope, we're not doing Courtney that. Will, Courtney will always find an excuse not to it's in because, the car. Oh, because no, she's batteries doing are dead. She's too embarrassed. So she's just like, no, Look. I'm not going to. So Adrian texted me. He said, where are you? And where is your camera? I said, I'm in the bleachers. <laughs> he said, no. And Adrian said, get down here. So I came down to the starting line and he's like, let me see your camera. And I said, okay. And he went through and changed some of my settings. And he was like, I'm going to give you some rules. X, Y, Z, A, B, C. I said, okay, perfect. I can handle all of that. So I shot Norwalk um, and it was great. And I still love my photos from that race. They don't look anything like the photos I take now, but I do still love my photos from that race. Was, um, that, was that in 2020? No, that was 2019. Okay. 
Norwalk was September of 2019. Okay. Um, I also did Palm Beach. It must have been that. I don't. I did. That must have been October. That must have been September or October. Um, but anyways. Or my just dates are all fucked up. I told you I don't know. I've slept. Yeah. Um, so I did Florida. And Florida is when I actually became friends with the producer our executive producer of the show, uh, Sam Corcus. And as you know, and as most people I think could probably gather if they've, you know, looked at my work or looked at my photos, I really love to take candid photos of people. Um, so there were several photos, you know, of our crew. At, and I say that like our production crew um, that were in the album. And so I became friends with him then and again, like you said, then we do, you know, then we switch gears and we go regular racing. We go no mercy. We go snowbirds. Uh, US I, Street. Still, I still have never been uh, to Shakedown. Whoops. Sorry, Tyler. Uh, <laughs> and I don't think you could go this year either, can you? <laughs> I've been to Outlaw Street Car Reunion. Um, that is true. Yeah. So US Street. Um, so I get to Victor's races a lot because he can race when other people can't. Um, and Bradenton feels like my second home anyway. So we do those races. Um, and was it, was that 2020? I don't it know. It had to have been because we didn't even meet until the beginning of 2019. Of February. Then That's what I mean. Of 2019. That was February. So then I did my first... Um, yeah, that had to, that's, that's right. Cause then I did my first, I did outlaw Armageddon in 2019. Yes. Cause 2020 was COVID. Correct. So I did outlaw Armageddon in 2019, which meant I did Norwalk and Florida in 2019 as well. Because then when 2020 hit, nothing happened. Donald's race, Donald's race happened. Yeah. I and mean, then nothing. Sweet 16, there was nothing. Not not in 2020. Um, so in 2020, uh, all of the No Prep Kings races uh, were canceled mm -hmm. uh, because of COVID. They did them one by one, optimistically, <laughs> hoping that COVID wasn't going to be what it was. Uh, so we did not race that year. Um, and then we came back. In 2021, uh, did U.S. Street Nationals because Florida stopped caring about COVID. <laughs> um, Actually, I think you didn't. You did Snowbirds at the end of 2020, though. I think too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we did Snowbirds then because again, Florida quit caring about COVID. Exactly. Um. So then 2021 hit, and uh, we started No Prep Kings Racing again. There. Um, qualification race sorry i just totally had a blank there their qualification race um the first race of the season is no points um you don't get points for it uh, so you show up and it's essentially just a, a way to if you place well you don't have to race your way in but you don't get any points for it now so, 20 now this 2021 so we're talking about last season this last was season. this was your first when did you actually start as the photographer for Pilgrim then? Was it at the very beginning of 2021? So so Palm Beach was our qualification race. I went uh, to shoot for Hearts Turbo. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have several, several customers that run our product in No Prep Kings, um, both the big single and twin turbos. Uh, so I went to take photos of our customers. Um, did that and I posted my album from the race like I always do and again there were several photos of production members in there including Sam and I tagged him in the photos and I inst I mean within five minutes have a Facebook message on my phone from Sam and it says, call me when you get a chance with his number. And I said, oh, shit. 
I'm about to be sued. He's about to tell me to take these photos down. He's going to be pissed. And so I just looked at the preview of it. I didn't actually open the message. And then a minute later, it's, I want to hire you. I was like, oh, okay. Well, then let me open this message real quick. And so I called him and we talked and, and he said, look, like you've been with us for a couple seasons now. I was waiting for you to post your pictures that's what we want to focus on. Like you do such a good job of just capturing the entire event, like people and the environment. And, and if we want you there, but you might as well be a part of the team, like come do this for us. Let us pay for, you know, let us put you on the payroll. You're part of the production family. And it was, I mean, it was great. Um, so I took the job. I could not go to our next race at South Georgia um, because I had a benefit race in Mobile um, with the SoCo 275 group. What she also doesn't tell you is that before she took that job, her and I talked on the phone and she was, she didn't even want to tell. You told me not to take it. No, you, you were too nervous about even telling me that you were offered it and they were thinking about it because you knew how I felt about no prep kinks. And I said, if you're going to take it, these are the guidelines under which you need to take it, including <laughs> like, like owning your own, owning your own photos and the pay expectations and things like that, because I am very business orientated and protecting what you create. Um, business oriented. It's fine. Orientated works. They yeah. know what you're trying to say. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, if you want to take it, that's fine. But don't take it unless these things are in place. And my big thing is always making sure that you retain copyright of the content that you produce. Because ownership of your hard work is is the biggest thing. But I digress. Anyways. So anyway, so that's how it, so that's how that happened. Um, I missed one race and then the first race that I was production officially uh, was Epping, New Hampshire of season four. So I went, I am a very, and I have, I have gotten a lot better, uh, but before I joined this industry, uh, before I joined motorsports, I was a very type A person. I always had to have a plan. Plans were important to me. Like that's how I functioned. And uh, when I joined the industry, I realized that's not realistic. Um, and I tried to be a little better about it, but that's that's a hard thing to learn. Um, and it's a hard thing to let go of when you're used to making plans and always having plans and always knowing what's happening. Like to switch gears is is not easy so uh that very first race uh epping they were like yeah someone will reach out to you about everything okay cool so (laughs) all they told me was i would fly in on a thursday and i would fly out on monday okay fine so someone reaches out to me and bless her heart they bethany is wonder was wonderful she no longer works for the show she got a uh job with a different production company but they are used to production members like videographers or sound guys or PAs are used to the production life they are used to just working on any show like if there is a show that needs a sound guy they're gonna go like if their schedule allows it and all of this stuff so she's used to our travel gal was very used to that. Like everybody is in production and they just happen to be at a drag race and I am the opposite. And I am drag race that happens to be part of production now. And it was very bizarre for me. So she reached out and we talked about my plane rides, like my, my preferred flight stuff. We talked about hotel. I'm like, do I just share a hotel room with somebody? They're like, no, no, you don't have to do that. <laughs> I, like, yeah, I don't know anybody. Stranger danger. Um, so they're like, no, it's all taken care of for you. Uh, all this stuff. So I, whatever I get there. Um, it's, it's a very interesting process. Um, 
we fly in and they try to group us together in terms of flight times. So then they'll make a group chat and they'll say, okay, you four are all going to ride together from the airport to the hotel. Um, this is it. We're like, okay, cool. So the very first race, it was just me and one other person and his name is Jeb and he still does our G and E stuff. So he, on the side of the road, he's the one building everything. He's the one, you know, on the, on the forklift, putting the lighting where it needs to go. We would not function without Jeb. Um, but he is the one, he's the one that was driving me. And I was like, so at this point, all I knew was my flight. Like I knew where I was staying and that was it. And I was like, so like, how do I know when I'm supposed to like show up tomorrow? He's like, well, did you get a call sheet? I'm like, what? What? I don't know what that is. I remember that <laughs> phone call. Uh, I remember that phone call. What? And he's like, yeah, uh, they probably haven't sent it out yet. So we're driving and um, it was a, it was a good distance to the hotel. And I was like, oh, the call sheet came in. And when I, I looked at it and I'm like, Whoa, it's an Excel spreadsheet, essentially, that has everybody's name, contact number, their call time. So when they're supposed to show up to wherever they're supposed to show up, it has our car assignments for the day. Um, it has, you know, emergency contact info, instructions for the day, like all kinds. It's a very important piece of paper, a schedule, a tentative schedule. Um so I look at it and I would have thought I was reading Chinese. I was like, Jeb, I have no idea how to read this. Like, what am I even looking for? He said, he laughed. He's like, find your name. So I found my name, found out what time I was supposed to be there. I said, so I just go down like to the lobby at that. He's like, yep, just be down there at that time. I said, okay. So I get there, I get to the track, uh, and I have to wear a walkie-talkie now, uh, which made me super nervous the first. I don't Everything just makes me nervous. And uh, so I put the earpiece in, put the walkie on, um, and just kind of did. We have safety meetings. Uh, we have scheduled lunches that we have to take. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's like a day on the job. I just happen to be at the racetrack. Um, so then Sam found me, and he's like, hey. And I'm like, hi. And he's like, how's it going? I'm like, I think it's fine. I'm not real sure. He said, I hired you for a reason. He said, I want you to come here and just do what you do. Do your thing. Don't do anything different. Don't change anything. He said, if we need specific things, we'll tell you. Like, we will let you know if we need very specific things. Other than that, I want you to do what you do because that's why I hired you. And if anybody says something to you, come find me. And I said, okay. So I just did what I did. Now I'm a lot more restricted at uh, no prep Kings than I am at a radial race or a not television production race. Um, I am not allowed to stand on the wall past the tree, essentially. Um, no one is, even if you're there as a photographer with a team or as a photographer with you know, a news outlet, whatever it is, no one is allowed to stand on the wall past the tree. Um, I cannot shoot top end shots. Um, I'm restricted on where I can stand um, on the starting line. And I say restricted, but essentially it is our safety crew, um, not the track safety crew, our safety crew. Um, and that's just part of it. It's just part of learning, you know, where I'm allowed to be, uh, what I have to work with. Every track, you know, is very different. Some have a lot of room on the starting line for me and it's very comfortable and others don't. And, uh, I have to just figure out where I can go and, and things like that. Um, as, a, as a photographer that has had the freedom that, you know, like a yellow bullet or a no mercy or snowbirds, you know, U.S. Street Nationals, where we can go anywhere on the wall, go shoot top end, things like that. How do you adjust to those restrictions? How do you, and I guess, is does it make your job easier or do you not like the fact that you have so many restrictions? Um, at first it was a challenge, uh, because I didn't want to come off like, oh, well, I know more than you do about how to do your job because it's not just me that our safety guy has to worry about. It's everybody else. It's 
I might know what I'm doing on the wall or on the starting line, but that doesn't mean that our sound guy does that is out there on the starting line that has never been in this situation, you know? So at first it was hard. And I was like, why can't I, like, I can stand here normally. Why can't I like, other than Adam Jennings, sorry, Adam, uh, no one's tried to run me over. Um, so, but other than that, it's at first it was a challenge and now it doesn't really impede my job. Uh, my style of shooting, I don't like standing on the wall for hours at a time, regardless. Uh, I never have, I never will. Fact. Um, that's just part of it. You know, if that's what you're looking for, I'm probably not going to have it. Um, but it has, it does make it a little challenging now, especially that I'm going into my second season. We're halfway through my second season as production. I have to work uh, a little harder to make sure my shots don't always look the same. Um, so even though, you know, every track is different, if I'm only allowed to stand, you know, at the starting line with the starter in the middle to do burnout shots, you know, I'll get one of those at every race, but I also have to make sure that I'm getting other things so that it's not redundant. Um, but that's really it. That's really the only, you know, I'm blessed that every track is different um, because every track has different shooting opportunities. Um, so it's, that makes it a little easier. When you look back at the other events that you've shot, whether it's a radial race or a pro mod race, whatever it may be, versus photographing at a production, essentially, you know, I, I'm very open about the fact these aren't, it, it, it is a TV show. Um, what do you enjoy? Which do you enjoy more? The freedom of, of going and doing the radio and pro mod stuff or the structure of doing more of the production side of it? Are we talking strictly from a photography standpoint? Yeah, just strictly from photography. Strictly from photography, from a photography standpoint, uh, the radio races and heads up thing stuff is always going to be better. Um, the only thing I do, it's hard from a photography standpoint, production is video is more important than me at a television show. The camera guys and the video guys are more important than me. Like the just point blank period. We have to have video for a television show. Right. Yeah. So while I love that environment and I love that work, um, from strictly a photography standpoint, the radial stuff places more of an importance on photography. Um, because even though some teams, you know, may run video, not, not everybody's going to post it. Not everybody's going to see that stuff. So uh, media is a lot more important at a, you know, at a radio race, at a heads up race, at a prep race, whatever it may be a non-televised yeah. race. It's, um, it's a lot different uh, production. It's, I should never be the most important person at a television production at all. Um, so I am making sure I stay out of the way of our camera guys. I'm making sure that um, I'm not in candid camera shots. Um, so I'm always looking at where our camera guys are. I'm always backing up. It makes it a little challenging because I'm friends with these guys, right? Like I'm friends with all of our racers, with all of our families. Like I've, interact with them on a daily basis like i love all these people so there will be moments where i'm sitting having a conversation with a with a handful of them and they start to film it and i have to back out so it's it's a weird it's like because i'm not allowed to be on camera i'm part of the television crew um so it's but it's it's always just looking out for that um i wish we had a little bit more of that in radial racing because uh, i feel like people uh, start to get, they don't really consider other media members as much as they should. It's, I've got to get my shot. I don't care if I'm in your way or not. And it's a weird environment, but I also haven't been, in, uh, I haven't photographed a radio race in a while. Maybe I'll have calmed down over there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to say, yeah, you know exactly what I'm thinking, but yeah. 
What do you find as a photographer outside of the restrictions that of where you can go and not being on camera? Um, what do you find in that world is the most difficult thing as a photographer? Is it because it, let's face it, not every racer wants a camera pointed at them. And what do you find challenging about doing NPK or any of these other um, production style events? Well, our guys, uh, even if they don't like cameras pointed at them, they don't really have much of a choice. Um, so that makes my job a little easier. Uh, as far as from the photography standpoint, there's nothing really um, difficult about it. Um, some of our guys are a lot more charismatic than others. Some of them are a lot more photogenic than others, uh, but that just makes it what it is. Um, it's just learning our people and knowing how they're going to react to things and knowing how they interact with each other and just watching and listening and capturing those moments. It's not really any, any different than any, you know, radial race or, or anything like that. Um, in fact, I'd say it's almost easier for me because there is more interaction. Like our guys interact with each other all day long, all weekend long, you know, they're interacting with fans, they're interacting with whatever. They aren't really going to notice a camera in their face, to be completely honest. There's just so much going on that it makes my job a lot easier. It's not like a radial race where everybody stays in their pit. And as soon as a stranger walks into their pit, they're like, chipmunk like who is this person why are, oh oh they're taking a picture of me and then they're just awkward like it's yeah. strange um so that's why i say you know it's the events are very different um very very different uh my mother could probably never go to a no prep kings race because she would be so overwhelmed the moment she got there that she would want to leave uh there's just a lot going on all the time everywhere you look um, it, and it's funny that you mentioned your mother in regards to that, because I remember when you, when I first started taking you to races, what a lot of people don't know about Courtney is if you want to talk about somebody who three years ago was pretty much an introvert worked from when we first met, you worked from home. Mm -hmm. You didn't really know anybody. You didn't really go out. You were, you were pretty introverted and over the last three years, like night and day difference it's real weird because when i am at home i am so an introvert like uh last night uh someone asked me oh what are you doing i was like i am not leaving the house tomorrow that's what i'm doing like i'm planning ahead and i am not leaving the house nope i got my snacks all the stuff uh so i'm still very much an introvert um but it's like i'm an introvert that as soon as you put me into uh a social situation i'm fine like i'm good i'm not an awkward person um, but it, it was definitely, you know, it's an adjust. I'm more uncomfortable at a radial race than I am at a no prep Kings race. And that's me as an introvert. Like that is, and maybe it's just because I've spent so much time with the no prep Kings guys. Um, but it's very different. Everyone's like, oh, it's not a real drag race. It's a television show. It's this, it, it is a television show. First and foremost, it's a television show. Clearly. It is a drag race. These cars are real. This, these races are real. These cars get crashed just like y'all get crashed. Like, it is a race. We're just putting it on television. So it's, uh, you know, everyone's like, oh, there's a script. They plan this. They plan that. No, we really, really don't. Like, if we want the guys, like, if we have to do an interview in the pits about a race that just happened, we may have to say, okay, so you just beat Bobby, blah, blah, blah. Like, sorry, Bobby. I don't know. That was a really bad example. Um, it happens to him a lot, though, so it's okay. <laughs> so you just beat Bobby. Tell us about that. And then they'll talk about it. But it's not like, okay, here's your script. Read this. Yeah. Oh, you're going to draw Sean out of the bucket. Like, it, it, it doesn't happen like that. It just point blank period is not scripted. So, but at the same time, it's a very different environment than a radio race. So you go to a radio race and you show up on the property and the vibe, the environment, the whatever you want to call it is these people are here to break records. Like these people are here to do shit. Like we're get, like, this is legit. 
they're here to win money. They're here to whatever they're here, whatever it may be. Everyone's very serious. And even though, you know, at the end of the night, we all may hang out and have some drinks and whatever. That is the vibe of the whole weekend of we mean business or whatever. We're getting it done. Okay, cool. So I don't know, prep Kings race. It's not that way. Like, it's just not that way. The science is there, but we don't have time slips. The data is very secret. Like it's, you know, people are tuning in their trailers because they don't want that on camera. Um, so it's, the focus is more on the science of it at a radial race um, than what you're going to see at a no prep Kings race. And I think that's a lot of the reason people think, oh, well, it's not a real race. It's just a television show because that's not what the focus is on. Um, the focus is on the people. The focus is on the, the point series. The focus is on this is a television game show, essentially. It's, it's very different. Um, just is what it is. So I know we talk a lot about NPK, but what people may not realize is you pretty much photograph all of the pilgrim, or not all of them, but a majority of the pilgrim produced shows. It's not just NPK. You've been doing other things. And what can you tell us? I know there's some things you can't talk about. What can you tell us about the other shows that you're a part of so yeah so no prep kings is great it's wonderful i love to travel um so it works out really well uh but i started doing um the street stuff as well which is incredibly different still um so in january of this year uh i spent the entire month in south texas we were filming america's list uh, that has aired. It's done. Um, so that kind of, you know, tells you a little bit about our turnaround time too. that, you know, that's already, we filmed that in January. It's already been aired and it's done. Um, so we just filmed the finale of Endgame, uh, which is currently on right now. Really, really cool show. I like it a lot. Uh, the guys had to build streetcars for this one. Uh, Ryan's episode is aired. Kai's episode is aired. Um, so you'll see JJ, Axeman, um, and Murder Nova still uh, have episodes. But we just filmed the finale for that. And then I will leave in a few days um, and go back to filming. Um, this time is Fastest in America. So that's JJ's deal. Um should be pretty fun. The street stuff was very new to me. Like I said, January was my very first time on the street and they invited me to do it at the end of no prep Kings last year. Uh, we, our finale was in October last year, uh, which is typical for the season. Um, so it's in, it's usually Halloween weekend or that last weekend and it still will be this year as well. Um, but they asked me to do it and I said, uh, sure. Honestly, I didn't know if I wanted to do it. Uh, I wrestled with it. I was like, I don't know if I want to be gone for a month. Like that's a really, really long time. Uh, don't know if I want to do that. Uh, but then I was like, you know what? I need to experience it at least once. If I hate it and never want to go back, then at least I know, but I can't not do it and then say I hate it because I, I can't. So I did it. Uh, it was rough. It was really, really rough. Um, but a very good learning experience. And again, something completely different than what I was used to. Um, so I'm glad I did it. And obviously I didn't hate it too much because I just went back and did in game and I'm about to leave again and do more street stuff. Um, so Sam made a joke when we were in Texas in January and I said something we were talking about in game. And I was like, um, can I be there for the finale? Like, I would love to see the race. He's like, well, absolutely. He said, well, you work for the mafia now. Like, you're never allowed to leave. You can't quit. You're never going to be fired. You're basically just going to be there at any show we decide to shoot. I said, okay, you know what? I'm on board. But why not? So um, when we finished Endgame, we finished filming Endgame last week on uh, Thursday, 10th, I think. 10th. 
No, 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 no. Yeah. Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. On on Thursday morning. Um and the, I, the week before, like before I had gotten to Vegas, um, they sent me an email about Fastest in America, which we lovingly call Sophia, Street Outlaws, Fastest in America. Ha-ha. Um, so we <laughs> so we call it Sophia. So they emailed me and uh, said, well, which one would you rather do? Uh, Sophia or the OG OKC show? And the OG OKC show started on the 18th, so Monday of this week. Um, and I did not know that that was an option for me. Um, so we are filming two shows at one time for those keeping up. It's fantastic. I really don't know how we're going to do it. It'll be fine. It'll be great. Um, Everything is fine. fine. I'm only doing one. There's only one of me. Um, so, uh, you know, I didn't realize that OKC was even an option for me. So I made some doctor's appointments and, and appointments for this week that knowing I would have a week off before the chaos started again. Um, so Sophia it is, and I'll go back to Vegas, but, um, yeah, I do, I do more than just no Crip Kings. So I am the pilgrim still photographer. That's what we'll call me. What is the biggest misconception that people on the internet have about NPK and these other pilgrim productions in your opinion, because you see a lot of, I think we're both part of Yes, for those that don't know, even though I don't do NPK and I don't do, uh, which apparently all of my competitors have now decided that they all want to jump on that bandwagon. Um, that's I won't go down that road. Uh, <laughs> so, like, what, you know, we're part of the same groups on Facebook. We all see, you know, the comments and the whatever this or that and what do you think is the biggest misconception that people who aren't in the industry have about production stuff? No, oh, I have no idea. It's something different every day that I read. It's something it's, you know, it's scripted and they pick who's going to win before whatever. And they do that. It's, it's something different every day. Um, and that's why, you know, unless it's something you know, medial that I don't really get into those conversations. I don't really, I love reading the shit and just, Oh, is Kai building a Mustang? Is that what he cool? That's awesome. Like I, the stuff we read is, and I think that's how most of us handle it. It just, if we, you know, not wasted our time, but if we got into it with every fan or person or people that say they're not a fan but still take the time to comment about the stuff you know it's oh i hate murder nova but i'm gonna spend 25 minutes commenting about him okay exactly cool um if we if we got into it with every we would never do anything else we would never have time to do anything else so it's you know so I, i've got to ask you and and you can you can take a pass on this question if you want <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to pre-warn you that you could take a pass on it. Fantastic. This season, there has been a lot of talk about and uh, about Stevie, no but that kings? no, yeah, well, no prep in general. This no prep season or yes. this drag racing season? Yes, okay. this this calendar year. We'll it's, just say that it's a Stevie question. You want no, me to no, pass it, on a Stevie question. It's not just a Stevie question because honestly, I give two shits less. Um, I, you know, I made my comments two days ago. If you're on the internet, if you're in the same groups in regards to Stevie, it, it, you'll, oh, I missed all of it. You'll, you'll know exactly what my thoughts are. <laughs> <been> um, <laughs> yeah. My question is, mm -hmm. I understand there's a process to get into the invitational side on the NPK production. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts about Manny and him having to continually I don't want to say play in the small pond, but he's he's essentially shown up and I don't want to say dominated, but he's dominated it, what he's done over there since showing up. And Should I put my Fred shirt on? And, and, and is still not in the Invitational. So mm -hmm. as a fan and somebody who knows Manny and, and that team is just like I do. 
thoughts on whether that's on a good, <laughs> whether that's a good process or you know do you want to see Manny in the invitational here's here's my thing i don't know and i don't believe i could be entirely wrong so there is not a you must follow steps 1 through 8 in order to make the invitational like do that doesn't exist that's not a thing production is also not just sorry there's a fly um is not just like hand picking. Okay, you can be in the invitation. Okay, you sure? Why not? You this that. It's it's not that. And this is what people don't understand. I love Manny and I love that whole crew. I think Fred should absolutely be there. That's just my personal opinion. Um but it's it's the same with Stevie. Here's why I don't think Stevie would be good for the show. There's my opinion. I don't voice my opinion a lot. I agree with you already. I don't think Stevie would be good for the show. And here's the only reason why. Not because Stevie is not a good character, because he is. Would he be wonderful on television? Probably, because that's who the man is. Like, Mm -hmm. he is a character. He's charismatic, and he'd be fine on television. But this is the same thing with Manny, and this is a lot of... I think this is a lot of the reason why... And again, this is all my opinion, and it's all speculation. This is not... This has nothing to do with Pilgrim's point of view or how they handle the situation at all. In my opinion, it's very difficult to look at a heads up drag racing radial guy, prepped racer, uh, whatever you want to call him and say, you're going to be able to commit to this show and you're going to be able to show up and be here and be a consistent character. Sure. Because they have so many other conflicts for these guys like Stevie, for these guys like Manny, you know, racing essentially has passed a hobby at this point. Manny is out there to break records. Manny is out there to win money. Stevie is out there to break. Stevie races for a living. You know Mm -hmm. what I like? It's very different. So it's, it's looking at someone like Callie Mills who has shown up and raced futures for more than one season. Now it's not just, Oh, she showed up and raced what Manny raced for, future races and that's not discounting it like that's not discounting it at all because he did go out there and just kick everybody's ass a hundred percent that's what the car was designed to do exactly so it's not oh yeah well he's raced four and he's kicked everybody's ass let him in that's not it that's not it at all it's Callie has been here for two seasons and it's not Manny versus Callie that's not what this is uh, but it's, you know, Callie's been here and she's shown that she's dedicated to the show and she's shown that she's dedicated to our schedule, which is a nightmare. Brutal. I mean, it's brutal. It just is brutal. And there are a lot of teams that can't do it. And there are a lot of teams that don't have the means to do it, even if they would be perfect for the show. That's hard. Right. So production is going to look at it as it's a television show. We need a character. Ryan Martin has a character. Murder Nova has a character. Chuck is a character. It's they are real people, but they are very prominent figures on the show. Wouldn't work if Ryan was there. wasn't there. I mean, they would have to find somebody else to be a prominent character. Things like that. So when when these guys, well, I want to just come race for the money. You want to show up, race one time and leave. That's not what this is. It's it's not what this is. Like, I understand that you want to race for 40 grand and and kick Ryan Martin's teeth in like Good luck to you. I don't know what to say. That's not what we're looking for on the television show. We are looking for something that is going to help the brand and help the show. And that's why Justin did so, so, so well when he came onto the show. And everybody's looking at him sideways because he's a shit-talking kid to most of these guys. He's a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but he showed up and he's a character and he has a presence and he's consistent and he's there and he... I mean, he's very active on social media. You know who Justin is. You know what his brand is. Even though you may not like him and you may think he's crude and he's vulgar and he's this Florida from the woods, whatever, it's that's what the show is looking for. It's we need someone that's going to come here and be here and stay here. We've been going for, what, 10, 12 years now? It's you have to have people that are going to hop on the train and stay on the train and that's it's not that's not what our radio racing guys are looking to do they're looking to come in there oh i'm faster than the street outlaws okay you can i mean i don't know what to tell you that's not that's not what we're doing here 
that's just my opinion. No, I I don't disagree would, with you. Would would they come in there and give these guys a run for their money? Absolutely, absolutely, they would. But it's it's different. But people don't people don't see it as that. People people see it as oh they're scared to race. Well, no, they're not. They're just they are here to do a job and they are here to film the show and they are here to do this as their character. And if it doesn't fit in, it doesn't fit in. I don't know. You know, what's uh, I think something's happening with our connection. Is it me or is it you? It's you. No, no, I told you, I warned you. That is true. She did warn me that the internet in Indiana is apparently like third world country. We were fine until about three minutes ago, and then yeah. it just all went to shit. Let's see. Yeah, it just it just uh, it doesn't clear up that well for some reason. Mm -hmm. um, and now you're frozen. So hold on just a second, and they can talk to me. Uh, for a minute, I'm going to bring Courtney back on in just a second. Unfortunately, the stream on her end didn't get any better. Uh, it actually got worse. So we had to end it there. Uh, tried to get it to reset and um, the internet uh, where she's at is just flaky. So uh, that wraps up that episode. Um, eventually, Courtney will come back on for another episode. We've got a lot more to talk about. In the meantime, I appreciate everybody tuning in. If you like the content, make sure to hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. Leave a comment, if you will. Um, if you're listening to the audio, do the same. Subscribe to the podcast. Greatly appreciated. Until then, and until next time, thank you.